Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. A podcast where Gabe and I invest our time for future generations through recording our pop culture conversations. All right, so Gabe, first thing I want to say is I did my homework, and Orlando Bloom is responsible for the gross of about $10 billion in the movies that he's been a part of. It's going to... pretty good. That, that's pretty good. That includes Lord of the Rings, two of the Hobbit films, and the four uh, Cap, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. And that's not including any of his other, like, smaller, you know, like one or two movies that potentially did well. Just the big fish. Just the big fish. Um, today, uh, nor, this is for Portal because he's always telling me, well, he once asked me, do you really uh, open a beer can every time? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. It just, it sounded like a sound effect. And I was like, no, no, that really happens. I don't have beer today. <laughs> I don't have beer, but I have some, I have some, uh, some sake, I believe. Oh, mm. I have some sake on a shelf downstairs. Do you? Some alcohol cart next to all the other delicious alcohol that I'm. No, actually, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. This is no. I I got the. Uh, I have a sake bottle, but no, this is a uh, soju, Korean. Um, soju. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Also delicious. Yes. Let's see. If, let's see what this sounds like when you open it. Okay. That was, that was, that was pretty good. That was a lot of pop. Man, that's a good soundboard. It is, and and it's like wine, like the the per- alcohol percentage. Okay, thank you, Gabe, for, for coming in there. Covering. <laughs> um, the other thing that we need to talk about, the elephant in the room, in this case, um, Gabe has committed to the podcast by investing his own money. None of our profits yet. <laughs> no, none of our massive profits. We're, 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 inve- we're, uh, we're, we're putting those uh, in the market, you know? So, so, just, it. so Gabe has invested into a microphone, filters, cables, arms and cameras i believe gabe has officially told us we're doing season five of this uh, podcast <laughs> in order for him to low-key signaling in order for him to get his money back on this investment I recoup. <laughs> or or one of these fine products uh will invest in us and be our our first uh we haven't even accepted offers we're not even looking at offers right now for the record no, anybody no, no. who wants to sponsor us we're not looking at offers yet okay season four maybe maybe Today, Gabe, we are talking about the Transformers franchise. What a great segue, by the way. The, perfect. This is why we're waiting for the right the right sponsor, because we haven't quite... Don't deserve us yet. They don't deserve us yet. So, uh, Transformers, right? Uh, the plot revolves around a war between the heroic Autobots and the villainous Decepticons. Two factions of alien robots who can disguise themselves by transforming themselves into everyday machinery. Primarily vehicles or as you'll see uh from some of these movies a couple other things besides vehicles so uh active since so this is specifically the live action franchise that we're looking at now there was a 1986 animated film which i will touch on but this is from the 2007 transformers to technically 
this year and next year, Gabe. Um, so on into the future. Yeah. So seven films and one coming, basically. Okay. Although this one, I believe... Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. So what makes it iconic, remembered, or cultural, Gabe? What, what do you think of when you think Transformers? Uh, so uh, Optimus Prime's voice... That is, is a good one, yeah. ...is just a good voice. Uh, uh, Autobots roll out. Like I know, like I know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I, even I'm aware. I didn't watch the cartoon. I've only seen like the f- the first two, maybe, of the new movies. Oh wow! And I haven't really gone back to like catch up, or you know, I was I'm only peripherally aware of things like big changes, like when they've had stars come and go, like you see headlines about it, but haven't really followed. Um, what else? Some of the some of the uh, iconic cars used uh, in in the movie franchise, kind of specifically. Yeah, I think, I, that's, that's I think the big standouts for me. I think I, I definitely am with you. For me, it was the cart because uh, I was a cartoon fan. I never had the toys, but I know also the toys existed. But definitely Optimus Prime. I think that big rig, that classic big yeah. rig, is is the coolest thing ever. Um, I totally dig that they went. Into in the first film, they went with like a, a Peterbilt, which is a a, a model uh, with a nose on it. But because in 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 the nineteen eighties, the original cartoon, they didn't have that truck, so they used the single cab, you know, flat nose truck. But for the new movie, you know, because it was two thousand, you know, nineteen two thousand nineteen or two thousand seven or whatever year the movie takes place in, they had to use something a little more uh, more current, and they changed up the mm-hmm. colors a little bit. But then they do go back to the old one in, in the later films. Or, no, you know what? I'm going to touch up on that because I I saw the last film this week in preparation for this podcast. And I didn't realize that it was a prequel. Oh, so they... Yeah, we'll get to that one. We'll he get matched... To that one. Uh, okay, so he's... And, you know, of course, in in keeping with the theme, like they can change, so... Exactly. Yeah. So... So the first film, right, Transformers, uh, directed by Michael Bay from a screenplay by Robert Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. It stars Shia LaBeouf as Sam Witwicky, a, t- a teenager who gets uh, caught up in, the, in this whole world when the Autobots try to retrieve and use this thing called the AllSpark, which is like a, some sort of um, artifact that helped create the robotic race. That is the Transformers. Um, but they're trying to get it so they can rebuild their home planet. Cybertron is the home planet. That, that, um, and then use it as a way to then be able to defeat the Decepticons in their war. Um, now, the Decepticons want the AllSpark because they want to use it to build an army by giving life to the machines on Earth. So that's the story, right? So this kid finds it. He gets caught up. The Transformers are called to action and he becomes a friend through a car that he got, which was a, a yellow Camaro, which was Bumblebee. Iconic. Iconic. Even though the original Bumblebee was a Volkswagen bug. Um, yeah, it's a bit of, that's a bit of, a, uh, of an image change. A bit, a bit. Which, by the way, uh, when I was in Germany, I found out why we call it the Volkswagen Bug. It turns out it is a direct translation of 
the German word for bug. The Germans called it a bug in Germany, and we took it into America, and we just basically said the same thing. We just translated it into English. And I was like, really? It wasn't because it looks like a little, you know, like a little ladybug? They're like, no, that's literally what it was called in Germany. I was like, oh. To this day, until months ago, I always thought we called it a bug as a nickname almost. I didn't realize that was the actual name of it in Germany. Yeah, yeah. And and then funny. Th- the coolest thing that I ever saw, though. So there was a lot of conversions. Like there was a lot of people who were keeping them original and a lot of people who like took it to the next level. The VW truck from a bus uh, is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I watched like a 20 minute video. Some lady who's like like a, a, like a big like auto racing and auto just fan and I don't know what else her background was, but I think I think she's been on like other shows. I don't know if she's like a, a race car driver or, wh- or what her thing was exactly, because I'm not I don't follow a ton of that independently. It's just a video that got recommended. But the guy has like a really nice I, I don't know which generation, but like it looks stock, but he's been spending like his life. You know, he's a he's a big car guy, like upgrading it. So it's like a sleeper car. Mm hmm. But like it looks very much stock, like unless, you know, like the really the only indicator is that the rear tires are wider, but he he expanded room inwards so they don't stick out like you would expect. Oh, wow. You just would look at the tread and be like, that's a wider tread than than that should be (laughs) because he needs the traction because that car can go like it's like the fastest like bug in like the world or something like that. Oh, wow. Like the car just like, you know. But he kept all the gauges looking like normal. The interior, it just looks like a, a pristine, like uh, kept up one. And it, and he he did all this stuff that I don't I don't know I wouldn't know how to explain. But it's a it was a really cool video because the dude let her drive it, and it, the thing he was told her to be careful. He's like, you gotta be real careful because it'll it'll go. <laughs> and he's like, for all the stuff that we've done, like you know, it's still, it's still you know, uh, a, uh, it's still a VW bug at the end of the day. So like, it's only got so much. It's got more power than it should have. <laughs> it's very cool. Very cool. And now, back to Transformers. Uh, co-starring in this film, you have Tyrese Gibson, Josh uh, Duhamel, Anthony Anderson, Megan Fox, Rachel Taylor, John Turturro, and John Void. And then the voice actors, Peter Cullen as uh, Optimus Prime, who has been doing Optimus Prime since 1986, by the way, in everything. And Hugo Weaving who voiced uh, Megatron. Hugo Weaving, oh. we all know from The Matrix and Lord of the Rings. But yeah, I, I I thought this movie was cool because it was great to see Transformers come to life. And I think, yeah. I think they did a really cool job with it. I think this type of franchise probably needed Michael Bay. You know? I, I'll say that. I'll say that because it, it's, it's big and it's a lot and... And you need, like, the bigger the explosion, the better. It feels like it needs that bombastic visual it, that, like, he brings. That you just know when you see his name, you're like, all right. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it was fun watching it. Now, I will say that they got less fun because they kept getting bigger. And there were times when I would see Transformers fighting, and I was like, I don't know where one begins and the other one ends. It just looks too convoluted. There's too much, too much metal going on here. Something that Finn's been never say. Too much metal going on here. They do not. Okay, moving on to Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Also directed by Michael Bay. 
written by Aaron Kruger and Robert Orsi and Alex Kurtzman again. Taking place two years after the previous film, the story revolves around Optimus Prime and Shia LaBeouf Buff's character, again fighting the Decepticons, um, led by Megatron. In this one, um, Shia LaBeouf's character starts to see things. Like he starts to hallucinate things. And what, what you end up learning is that, you know, at the beginning of, of like Earth, that Transformers were there. One of the Transformers uh, had created a... So, so I guess the story was, it's almost like Galactus's. You know, you would you would only harness so much from an, from a planet you were on without destroying it, right? So this one Decepticon or one uh, you know one um, uh, Transformer built a machine in um, like seventeen thousand BC to harvest the sun, right? So the the rule was you never you never take so much from the sun that you destroy the sun. You always right. just take enough. And this one, this one, you know, prime at the time, um, violated that rule by creating this sun harvester in, on Earth, you know. So the other six primes, the other six original Transformers, defeat him. Hence the fallen one. And what happens is in real, in in the normal, you know, uh, the present time, the Decepticons and uh, are looking for it so they can re- reactivate it basically, and and basically be able to get their revenge on Earth by activating it. The Decepticons want to destroy Earth at that point. So it's definitely... Yeah. They they definitely want to to, to just... You know what? They, they're, they're sick of it. They're sick of it. This movie was cool. But again, I, I had the same problem, I think, with the MCU, where everything ended up being like world-defying, like saving. Yeah. Just too big. Too big. The stakes were... The stakes were perpetually always just like the earth can only be saved, you know, X amount of times, but somehow they were able to do it X amount of times. I was literally just having a conversation about, I made a reference to that concept and how uh, Hawkeye, which I did have not finished yet, but like felt good because yes. the stakes were so much lower. And that's why Spider-Man also classically, when you do Spider-Man, he's your friendly neighbor. Spider-Man, a lot of times his story arcs rein in kind of the whole, you know, it's the universe at stake, and it's just like, hey, man, it's just you know, I gotta watch out. I gotta watch out for the city. Yes, uh, I think you're right. I think that's why I appreciated those. Um, yes, but I think to this day, probably Hawkeye is my favorite Disney TV show from the Marvel universe, and except except for maybe the first three episodes of uh, WandaVision, those were phenomenal when they were playing around with the different genres of television through the decades. Honestly, I mean, it, it's not even the it's not even the visualization or storytelling. It's just there. There can be too much. You know, you got to pick your you got to pick when it's worth up in the stakes. And then and then the other thing, have you seen one division or were you are you playing yeah, on one division? I did got get to do completely because the other thing they did really well, which was, again, very insular, right? Like you find out this is her going through a post, basic post-traumatic stress, you know, from what happened to, to her children. And she's sorting her shit out. Yeah. And it's happening in this little town, in this little circle, uh, you know, where she's trying to keep it together as, as everything's falling apart at the same time. So her, it was, it was a really, really good, good thing. Yeah. By force of her, her power and will, she's, she's trying to make it be what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. 
so this is the first actually this is the first transformer movies that that has the first video game and and oh. yeah i thought they made one for the first movie but they only made one for they started with the second one range of the fallen oh, interesting um but yeah, they made a game for Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, PlayStation Portable, Wii, Nintendo DS, and for Windows. I mean, it was nuts. Very Michael Bay of them. Very Michael Bay of them. Put it under the scene, you know? Um, then we get to Transformers Dark of the Moon. This one was kind of cool. Basically, in the 60s, the Ark. A uh, Cybertronian spacecraft carrying an, inven- an invention capable of ending the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons, crash lands on the dark side of the moon, and NASA detects it. And what they do is they use the moon landing as a way to go investigate what, you know, they- so it's a very cool thing because uh, the- President John F. Kennedy authorizes the mission to put the men on the moon in order to investigate the aircraft. So as soon as like they cut, you know, they cut the camera of like one giant step, then you see the astronauts going into the part of the moon to find the, uh, the, the crashed aircraft. That's I thought, cool. I thought it was very cool how they did that. So the Apollo 11 is the crew that gets to go and investigate. The, they're, they're on a recon mission, basically. And then in present time, the movie takes place four years after the previous film, um, directed by Michael Bay also. Uh, it, it continues with Shia LaBeouf, Josh Duhanel, John Turturro, Tyrese Gibson. Everybody's pretty much the same. Uh, Patrick Dempsey, and then here you don't have um, you don't have uh, Megan. Uh, oh Jesus! I just Fox. Megan Fox. Fox. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, because of of some weird misunderstanding or comment or or something, but she was fired basically. So here again, the Autobots must lead and fight against Megatron and Decepticons um, as they battle to possess the powerful technology abandoned on the moon in order to restore Cybertron on Earth. Okay, so here, the Decepticons are trying to repurpose Earth and use it as as their way to recreate a... And make up your mind, guys. Destroy Earth, repopulate Earth. I mean, come on. yeah. Um, again, uh, that's what I remember of it. I remember that there was a prime on there who, when, when the Autobots found him, he seemed to be on the good side, but then he turns out he, he was on the bad side because he, to him, he didn't, he hadn't been on earth long enough to care about it. So he was fine with destroying it in order to rebuild Cybertron. Damn dog. Yeah, I know. This one was, uh, novelized and also a graphic novel. Then we get to Transformers Age of Extinction. So uh, this one's cool. And and so if you follow the timeline chronologically of when this happened, the Transformers have been on Earth since like the dawn of time. And they've been slowly every 50, you know, every X million of years, they do something. X million of years, they do something. But now we're just in the present time. So here... 65 million years ago, an alien known as the Creators used devices called seeds to cover Earth with a metallic alloy called Transformium. Interesting. I <laughs> know. That's just fucking lazy writing, dude. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But this was... That's what... like unobtainium. <laughs> yes, that, that explains everything. Right? If we could only have some yeah. unobtainium, we could fix this issue. Damn. 
Um, but basically, by having planted the seed, it's it's what wiped out the dinosaurs. In you know, in that order, planted it just a little too hard through the atmosphere, hitting Earth. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so in present day, um, you have geologists that are excavating transformium uh, to use it, using it, or to use it to build transformer clones, Gabe. It's true. Okay. If there's one thing humans will do, they'll always try to make the weapon. Yep. So in this film, five years after the previous one, humans are kind of getting sick of Transformers because they keep fucking shit up, destroying cities. So they have officially cut off any ties with them. Like, Because before it was like, you know, there was a team of, of Transformers working with the military and they were working together to stop the Decepticons. Now they're like, you know, it seems like you guys keep fighting Decepticons and we get more Decepticons because you keep fighting them and we can't tell them apart between you and them because you're both robots in disguise. It's a little racist, but all right. You know, so they're so basically they're like, we can't continue doing this. You guys are just as bad as they as them. You you know, so they start, you know. That's that's fair. I think especially with Michael Bay's directing, a lot of shit gets fucked up every time. So every time they fight. <laughs> So even though they were they were granted sanctuary, like there there is a rogue CIA um, ops division that is hunting down Autobots. So again, the uh, like its predecessor, the movie is directed by Michael Bay. This time we have Mark Wahlberg, Stanley Tucci, Kelsey Grammer, Nicola Peltz, Jack Rayner, Sophia Miles, Bing Bing Lee, Titus Welliber, and T.J. Miller. Uh, it is the T.J. Miller. That's yeah, funny. I know. Um, so it, it's the first film that does not have the original human cast, right? It introduces the new human cast. It also introduces one of the coolest things, which is the Dinobots. Dinobots are transformer dinosaurs. <laughs> exactly what you, you know, think it I mean, is. It's, it's only fair. They killed our dinosaurs. They should bring new ones. They did need to actually see what was living in order to copy it before they got rid of it. See, it's fair. So they in, were here. In this one, a struggling inventor, single father, discovers a damaged truck, which turns out to be a transformer in disguise. He finds some truck, and it happens to be Optimus Prime. He is able to spark him up, and next thing you know, the hunt is on. This was a good twist uh, by changing the cast and characters and like you know, making the Autobots the villains by human standards. Yeah, but the fight's still going on. You know, now they're fighting Decepticons and they're fighting the government. This government agency that's trying to basically build their own transformers to use them for as weapons. So here we had um, Transformers: Rise of the Dark Spark as the video game that came out, and this I didn't even know about, and I meant to look it up. But Rovio and Hasbro got together and they created an Angry Birds Transformers, right? It's pretty funny. It sounds fun. It sounds fun, and it sounds funny. Just, just human cities, and you launch them, and you know, normally you're knocking over blocks and stuff, but you just fuck up human cities. Basically, perfect. And then we get to Transformers: The Last Night, Gabe. And if I say that to you, The Last Night, if and the way I've been telling you about how they've been around for sixty-five million years and they've done things throughout time. If you had to write this film based on that title, Transformers, knowing they've been around since the beginning of time, what would you include in the last night? K N I G T G H T. Yeah, yeah. 
spelled night, not nighttime. Yes. I I knew that already. I I think you have to include like Arthurian stuff or something like that. Gabe nailed it. It's almost like we're writing the the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Blackbeard, Davy Jones. Just got to hit all the major notes. (laughs) You had the Egyptians. Now you've got a King Arthur. They're just they're just doing Assassin's Creed now. They're just doing that. Uh, oh, and they like, had what, dinosaurs. What's, what's that's right. Parts in history. Yeah. yeah. Go there. <laughs> okay. We were yeah. involved. Uh, in 484 AD, Merlin finds the Knights of Eacon, a group of Transformers hiding on Earth, seeking their help to aid King Arthur and his knights. They hand him a staff and help Arthur defeat the Saxons. And they give Merlin uh, the responsibility to hide the staff. Sounds like he did a pretty good job. I mean, 1600, 1,600 years later, present time. So in this one, I remember Optimus Prime leaves Earth to go find his creator. And in um, when he gets to Cybertron, it's in ruins, but he meets a, 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 a goddess, a Quintessa, I believe was her name. She brainwashes him, turns him into... Damn into Nemesis Prime, not Optimus Prime, sends him back to Earth to That's find... That's a much scarier word. It is, right? They're very literal, huh? <laughs> Transforium, Transmorphium, whatever. Well, are. I like the idea that they were like... With it. So the Autobots, you're like, okay, like, I mean, I get what they're doing, like cars, robots, okay, we're, we're doing... That's our premise. Well, who are the bad guys going to be? And they're like, what's a bad word? Well, deceit, oh, okay. Liars, okay, Decepticons, boom lunch you know so every time they're gonna name stuff they're just like hmm i optimus prime optimism's good you know it's not optimistic negative things what are negative things usually the enemy of things would you say they're the nemesis of things (laughs) (laughs) makes it real easy to follow (laughs) he comes back to earth and introduces himself that way we're all gonna know right optimus actually i go by Go by Nemesis now. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so in this one, so he he he's brainwashed by her. He she she sends him back to Earth and says, "Hey, I need you to find that staff for me." I bet when he transforms into a truck as as Nemesis, he's got those back off mud flaps. Oh, you know, I was Yosemite Sam. I'd be like, "What? Wait a minute!" <laughs> I was gonna say the paint black. The paint job is black. Of course, you know he's gonna have to change the paint job. So uh, on Earth, you now have a full task force that is uh, that is hunting Transformers, directed by Michael Bay. It's uh, it continues to have Mark Wahlberg in it um, from Age of Extinction, the last one, right? Yeah, Age of Extinction. No, Dark of the Moon, Age of Extinction. Yeah, Age of Extinction was the Dinobots one, and uh, you have Josh Duhamel come back, John Turturro. Uh, a lot of them reprise their role from the first three films. Uh, and then you have uh, Anthony Hopkins joining the cast in this one as a tra- oh, as the oh, voice man. of as they a voice of a Transformer. I didn't know. Yeah. Like I, I, I didn't know some of these guys were here. So this is this is where it gets a little weird, right? So um Mark Wahlberg's character gets given a talisman by a dying Transformer knight. Okay. Um and then, obviously, they're being chased by the Decepticons and the Transformer uh, Reaction Force, TRF. <laughs> um, then you find out that there's been an order of Witwickans. And as you remember, the first 
movie, uh, Shia LaBeouf's last name was Witwicky. So apparently for the last 16,000 years, there's been Witwickians um, keeping the Illuminati and the, you know, the, the, the brigade or whatever, like the Holy Grail, you know, they, they saw, yeah, everything. So you end up finding out that um, they have to save the world again from some impending threat. Um, cool. Yeah. Now, it was around this time that the prequel, Bumblebee, came out. Bumblebee is a Transformers film, but not part of the Transformer franchise, right? Because it's a spinoff. But yeah. it's the story of how Bumblebee was sent to Earth first to recon. But on his, uh, he was fighting somebody on the way in. He, you know, like like robots do, Gabe. He got amnesia and he lost his voice. Oh man! Yeah, and it it took the I remember where that happened in Terminator to the robot. It 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 took it took the the help and love of a human and two Decepticons to to knock some sense back into Bumblebee so he could remember what he was there for. And then he's the one who calls the Transformers over to Earth at the end of that. Yeah, he was just chilling as a Camaro, living his best life. Yeah. Well, no, that's when he was a Bumblebee. Remember, that's when he was a bug. Oh, he. that's why he switched. Because remember, okay. it's a prequel. It's before the Transformers got there. Yeah, but we got to sell Camaros, man. We did, I think, in Transformers in the first one. That was the first time we saw that yellow Camaro come back, right? That was like yeah. the, the initiation. I think it was a, it was like a, yeah, it was a big collaboration. It was like it was like when know. you want to wonder how much Chevy paid for that. It's like when um, when Bond changed from the Austin Martin to the to the BMW Z3 or Z4 was it? I remember that. Yeah, I think it was a Z3. Yeah, that 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 car was in the movie for less than th- five minutes. I want to say, and they made a huge. He, he is very hard on cars. Yeah, they made a huge deal about like, oh, Bond's got a new car. Or like, remember when when Bond was like drinking Heineken? <laughs> yeah, remember when Bond had really, really bland choice in beer? <laughs> he went from his cocktail to a, a very generic beer. Yes. <laughs> and then we get to the last Transformers film, Rise of the Beast, which I saw this week, Gabe. Saw this week. Okay. Directed by Stephen Cappell. Um, Michael Bay uh, served as producer. He did not direct this it stars anthony ramos dominic fishback as well as voice talents of ron perlman peter dinklage michelle yo pete davidson uh <laughs> yeah uh peter cullen does the voice of uh you know uh, optimus prime set in 1994 serves both as a standalone sequel to bumblebee and a prequel to the transformers Oh shit! It's this is complicated. This is why he looks like a 1980s truck in this one. Which again, I didn't. I saw the film, and maybe because I was also doing some work stuff, and maybe I missed the 1994 before they all became Transformers. And I was like, "Oh, this looks cool. I actually enjoyed this film. I'm not gonna lie." Because the other thing that happens in this film, I was a fan of the Beast Wars uh, cartoon, where mm-hmm. we had like the prehistoric, like the 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 ape and the cheetah, and they come out here. So what do ha- kids want to play with? I can make the robots these things or whatever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for sure. So here what happens is, um, if I remember, and I, again, I just saw it, so definitely I remember. The Maximals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they were called. Are they, are they big? Uh, no, no, no. Maximals. 
M-A-L-S at the end. Animals, yeah, but still, Max. I mean. Max animals, okay? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yes, they're, they're, they're more than animals. They're maximum yep. animals. Um, they protect an artifact called the Transwarp, Transwarp Key, from the villainous Terrorcons. Ah, uh, damn, dude. Yeah. That's another negative word. Yep. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like how... <laughs> so, like, the, the logic fit for the kid's cartoon, right? Like, why would you overcomplicate this when you're so... Like, this is a marketing vehicle for toys for children. This is what... Somebody's somebody's like, look, dude, we're going to sell these shit out of these toys. I don't care. Do stuff. <laughs> Do stuff, basically. And you're like, oh, that's fine. We're going to... We're not... We're, you know, we're we're talking to children. We don't need to be, you know. You have cartoons or or or, or properties like that where they they have a lot of highbrow built into it. You know, you've got like Rocky and Bullwinkle and stuff like that, where there's like different wavelengths of conversation happening that you can appreciate. I like how they never 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 evolved it with the reboot. They were just like, we're doing the exact same logic. <laughs> we're gonna put adult budget into this, but like terracons and you know whatever. Nem- nem- yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At we, least internally consistent. You can appreciate that. They are consistent. They are. They they never say so much that we get lost and we forget that we're watching Transformers. I do appreciate that about them. <laughs> um so in February last year, uh, as the movie was being filmed, they did announce that Rise of the Beast would be the first of three new installments for the Transformers series. Okay? With that in mind. At the end of this film, and I'm going to spoil it for you. Okay, good. Um, the main character get, gets approached and, and, and recruited by a uh, military organization. And he leaves him his, uh, his uh, calling card. And it's G.I. Joe. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's a crossover. Yes. <laughs> so in May of this year, it was also announced that they were planning a crossover between Transformers and G.I. Joe franchise. Um, I saw, I saw, I think the f- the first GI Joe movie. That was the one with um, uh, Magic Mike, right? Um, what's his name? Ch- Channing Tatum. Channing, Channing Tatum. Yeah, because the Rock was in too, right? Was the Rock? Uh, yeah, I did not see the one with the Rock. Okay, it's funny because the guy who's responsible for this, he said that um, that while the crossover would not interfere with the continuity of the franchise's first five installments, he's, and he, he, quote, he says, he believes that continu- continuity is overblown because sometimes you miss a great idea. <laughs> so no, he, sometimes we just want to smash all the toys together and you guys are being, you guys are being friggin' nerds about reality. Basically, he's like, <laughs> look, I played with my Transformers right next to my G.I. Joes, right next to my, to my, you know, like, uh, X-Men and right next to my Thundercats. Why? Yeah, do you want to see a friggin' uh, ninja hack his way through a robot or, or what? What are, we gonna, what are we doing this thing? Basically. I don't care in this case. I no, would love to see no. G.I. Joes. Who cares about continuity in this? <laughs> in this case, I think he's right. I think they said right. that about Star Wars and they fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but here, yeah, go nuts. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is the feature length animated film titled Transformers 1, which is also coming out uh, September next year. Okay. And this one is. <laughs> it is. 
It is younger versions of Optimus Prime and Megatron when they were friends and what caused the rift between them. Oh, young love. Chris Hemsworth is the new Optimus, the young Optimus Prime. Just so you know. He's a busy boy. He's, uh, he's doing a lot of stuff right now. He is. Good for him. So fun facts. Um, so as I mentioned, Peter Cullen has uh, been the voice of Optimus Prime since all through the 80s into into current times. I'm glad they kept that. Like, I don't know what they ended up having to pay him, but I hope he got the bag for that because, like, that he invested his oh, yeah. his career. Here's and a f- he's become synonymous with that voice. Like, that's recognizable. Here's a fun fact, Dave. He has also been the popular uh, voice of other characters, including Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I don't know if you watched the little show called Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, yeah. He was Monterey Jack. Nice. He was the first voice of Carr, K-A-R-R, in Knight Rider. And the vocalizations... Vocalizations is an odd thing to say because... It's for the character of Predator, who technically doesn't say anything. Right. So, yeah. So, that's uh, that's, okay. that's Peter Cullen. He's had a pretty good that's career. pretty cool. In Transformers Dark of the Moon, there were two characters that were a bit controversial. How do we say this? They were stereotypical black characters to the point where... One of them had like a, like a buck tooth. <laughs> Damn, and, dude! And you have to wonder why would a robot need that? Like, yeah, uh, one of them had a gold tooth also. Wow. Yeah, um, you know, so yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, very offensive on those two characters, uh, and and they didn't, ju- they just kind of, uh, they just kind of let it go. Kind of like, uh, okay, that happened. But yeah, they definitely spoke in a certain uh, slang and dialect that was a little obvious. On the nose, as they say. Okay, here's the quote. Both characters speak with the voices that sound like urban black stereotypes, have big ears and buck teeth, and proclaim they don't, they don't do much reading. Skids even has a gold tooth. So what you're saying is they were sitting there in the meeting, they were like, hmm... We don't have any overt racism, and we're trying to figure out like a good way to incorporate that into our robots. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should destroy Earth, man. <laughs> and I think somebody somebody said I think a lot of what we did was following Michael Michael's lead. Those characters, more than any other, he had the strongest instinct for. <laughs> they just they just threw him right under the bus. Yeah. And and then somebody wow. and then somebody admitted yes the gold tooth was not in the script that's true. <laughs> Just suck the juice right out of the sun, guys. Pop that sucker right back on. Uh, this was another in- uh, fun fact. Um, one of the scenes for the last night um, took place at Blenheim Palace in Woodstock, Oxfordshire, in England, the home of Sir Winston Churchill. Gabe the British Prime Minister of World War II, as you recall. Yeah, the drunk guy. I remember him. Yeah. They used uh, his place to to do a scene because it's in the past. Um, but in order for it to look like Hitler's home base, they needed to drape um, 
the mansion with uh, Nazi swastikas. Yeah, well. And some people thought, that's odd because, you know, Winston Churchill, you know, felt a certain kind of way about the Nazis. And famously disliked Nazis. Yeah. But why not use his house uh, as the headquarters of uh, Hitler? Uh, ironic. Don't you think? Uh, that's a little interesting. Okay. But also Michael Bay's direct choice. He's all like, like, we could just go. We could just go do it in a more... Th- no, no, no. I want to use Winston Churchill's. Sir, we, ha- we well, have Dunton, Dunton Abbey. It's available. Mm-mm. No, no. No, I don't think you understand what I'm looking for here. I don't think you understand the, the irony I'm looking to uh, create. I don't know if you've met my two other Transformers. I have a very specific vision in mind. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it now. Okay. So let's talk budgets here, Gabe. And this and these budgets include oh, it's be nuts. These budgets include Bumblebee for the record, because you know, they're all part of it. I so, have no idea, but I but I but I I have a concept of Michael Bay movies, so Can I tell you though that these were cheaper than Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Uh, the first Transformers won fifty million. The second Transformers two hundred million. The third Transformers one ninety five. The fourth mm. two ten. The fifth two seventeen. Bumblebee dropped down to one thirty five, and the last one, Rise of the Beast, two hundred million. The most expensive Transformer was two hundred and seventeen million. What was the most expensive Pirates? Was like three fifty four hundred million. Yeah, it got it got real crazy. I wonder if it's a, a matter of at a certain point CGI just being cheaper when when you have so much CGI. Like if you have to actually go on location somewhere with like real boats, like you're trying to do some practical stuff. I, and I think just that location shooting being more expensive. That's true because I mean the first one for Cause like they didn't go to Cybertron, right? No, no, not yet. That not would have cost a pretty penny, see. Just Probably. CGI that. Didn't actually go to the moon. Probably didn't even just go to this, Egypt. Just use, just use the same uh, soundstage that they used to fake the landing in the first place. Just do that. Easy. Um, total <laughs> total budget for these seven films, Gabe, $1.3 billion. That's, a, it's, that's practically nothing. Uh, total, gra- gra- gross, total gross, $5.2 billion. So cost, Wild. cost, cost. They did, they did good. They did better than pirates, dude. Yeah, that's, that's a impressive. good. That's that's an excellent ratio. Yeah. Um. So then we got the the critical and public response from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, this is going to be a wild ride. Very surprising. I will tell you the first Transformers movie has a Rotten Tomatoes of fifty-seven and Metacritic of sixty-one. Revenge of the Fallen Part Two dropped to twenty percent. And and thirty five, <laughs> dark. Okay, let me tell you, they don't get better, Gabe. These they are go, not cinematic masterpieces. Thirty five percent, eighteen percent, sixteen percent. Bumblebee ninety one percent. Okay, and then Rise of the Beast goes up to fifty two. So none of them, except for Bumblebee, made it over sixty percent. But yeah, they started on a bad. Yeah, they did. On a bad note. They did. Um, Academy Awards. Sound editing, sound mixing, and visual effects were all nominated for the first three films, but none of them won. Um, they did get a Raspberry Award for Worst Picture and Worst Director on Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> if that, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Michael Bay's highest-rated movie on 
uh, Rotten Tomatoes is. Oh wow! Um, well, just number. Like I don't. You don't have to guess what movie. Oh, uh, based on this, I'll say sixty-five percent. Sixty-eight is the highest that man's ever achieved. On what Rotten movie was Tomatoes. it? Ambulance. Ambulance. Well, what movie was that? That's the one with uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh wait, I don't know anything. Ambulance with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's 2022. It's recent. Oh, I remember I've... seeing a trailer for it. Oh, yeah, you're right. And the only thing that stuck stuck out about it was that you're like, oh, it's a Michael Bay movie. Okay. <laughs> Holy cow, that is. For yeah, a... he does not. For a man who brings not... in billions, he gets it's, no it, love it's from popcorn. the people. Like, yeah, it's not critically. It's not critically. But people uh... still pay to see it, though. I mean, yeah, it's a spectacle. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm. And go- again, to be fair. If you dig in, the audience score on Ambulance, for example, was 88. Oh, okay. like, people like it. Critics don't. We're talking about critical reception here for okay. those guys. Those guys want coherent stories. And, you know, they probably don't think it's funny when all the bad guys have names like Nemesis. Transformium. Transformium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maximals. Yeah, I'm actually I'm kind of running down just his movies, including uh, various trans- like the audience scores seem to be generally in the 80s. Oh, wow. Interesting. You know, so like uh, audience reception. But not I for mean, the like, Transformers yeah, movies, though, huh? They didn't get a lot of love except for Bumblebee here. Uh, Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it. it I think those follow your more classic arc of like they start off being like people are like oh they're excited to see the new and then they're like oh <laughs> it just yeah. sort of continues with nothing and then oh bumblebee <laughs> that's funny though I, I had to look because you were saying stuff and I was like what is that man like everybody dogs his style of <laughs> creation and and by the way speaking of of um of Hawkeye uh Haley Stainfield is the bumblebee main character so oh, okay there seems, we go everything's it seems, coming together yeah it seems like it's uh, she's doing something it's like right Hugo weaving tied together uh lord of the rings matrix transformers and also the matrix that we talked about last time oh we gotta see how much money he's brought in that dude that dude was part of both of those things he, he wins <laughs> that matrix must have brought in a ton of money huh uh, we'll figure well it out. like between lord of the rings and, and being in part of you know even some of the transformers like that's a ton of money right there that's true um, the last thing I'll say is this week I watched the first Transformers movie again, the the um, the animated movie from 1986. That is a, a fucking masterpiece, dude. First of all, it's it's Japanese animation, so yeah. so much detail. Not lazy. Dude. Oh my god, not lazy even a little bit. Secondly, Transformers get shot, bro. Like these dudes are gunned down. Like they are hit through the through the heart, through the head, through, like, the body. You see them die, Gabe. You see Transformers get shot and die. It's it's wild. Real stakes. It's wild, dude. How? Yeah, that's another thing in the movies, though, right? In the new movies where, like, they die, and then they just kind of, like, Bumblebee, get, like, he does he gets killed at some point, and okay. then he comes back. I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, Rise of the Beast. Bumblebee gets killed at the beginning of the film. He gets brought back towards the end. Mirage gets killed towards the end of the film comes back um i'm spoiling it please if ever you're listening i don't care they fucking <laughs> they fucking pull off an iron man suit dude out of somebody's body okay oh man yeah 
they like a human gets a transformer to create a suit for him and he's able to fight decepticons because he is iron man wild wild gabe yeah that's one of those things where like uh the, there's the joke about nobody ever dying in marvel well you know, you know same same thing it's a separate conversation but uh, i blame superman after superman yeah. was killed in the comics and he was brought, back, brought him back everybody was up for grabs nobody died after that just for the record even though that was a fantastic storyline it still it still it was it just ruined ruined every comic after that there was no way yeah. to kill off anybody anymore but yeah but i rewatched yeah. i rewatched the transformers movie and it was exceptional like that is that is incredible animation and in, in, insane storytelling so good the the 1986 one yeah that's what we're talking about yeah uh transformers the movie so that got a 62 percent on uh rotten tomato by the way really an audience score of 88 okay that makes more sense so but that was a that was a really really great film you know um and animation wise like when you're drawing yeah, the, that, that 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 stuff there's been a lot of that coming up in my uh twitter a lot of like screen captures of like that era of animation anime various and i'm just like man it was it really it really had a style to it oh they did dude. That, that's appealing and and two things one is that every tv show from that time would get their intro from japanese animators and they would make it look amazing and then the show itself was shit okay Secondly, Gabe, I think it's because you keep liking the pop culture hang fire uh, posts, <laughs> so it knows you want uh... algorithms like, oh, you want, oh, you want to see some of this, huh? All right, we'll yeah, give you some of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that is uh, that is Transformers. Um, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>